Welcome to episode 154 of Coffee Pods and Wads. As always, sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focus trained to support your performance. And also sponsored by the Hybrid Academy. You can head to the hybridacademy.store and you can use the code PODS10 for a discount on purchases of easily the best clothes on the market. You can also use the code PODS for a discount on BurberboxCoachingDevelopment.com. This is a coaching course aimed at developing you and honing your techniques in coaching through psychological discovery created by Nathan Burt. Today is the second in the Comptober series for the month of October, celebrating the return of competition and the joy that is the off-season competitive series. This week we have Mohamed Ghazawi from the Dubai CrossFit Championship. Um, he chats about his introduction to the sport, the Dubai coffee scene, and what we can expect from Dubai in December. Enjoy, listen, share and tag. Um, so thanks a million for doing this first of all. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. I guess you're kind of ramping up towards your busiest time of year um is it like does it make it more special the fact that dubai didn't get to happen last time yeah well first of all thank you for having me and uh, yes absolutely it does um last year as you recall we were the first to call off the event Mm. and that's simply because there was a lot of unknown in the air there was a lot of things that we didn't have control of and that meant that we wouldn't be able to produce a proper event and therefore, we said, for the sake of the athletes, so they know that there is no event this year, let's just call it off early on. And to make sure that they don't plan ahead and then things get cancelled. So we just decided to call it off. But yeah, the fact that it's happening this year is really exciting. It was a year off, but I'm, uh, I wouldn't call it a year off. We actually did a few things online. Mm. We gave over $50,000 on online competitions. Um, which was fun, which was fun, but obviously nothing compares to the real event. So yeah, yeah. definitely excited for this year. Um, does uh, I've, I've interviewed a few people who've been to Dubai for um, the CrossFit Championships and they've like, you know, had a, had a blast and they're there. And a lot of the time I ask guests about coffee just to kind of, uh, <laughs> just to kind of make them feel more comfortable, I guess. Um, and a lot of them mentioned as like a, a memorable coffee they had. Dubai came up for a lot of people, especially the media crew. Um, so I was curious, is, is is coffee something that plays a big part in an organizer's uh, day-to-day activities then? Absolutely. Coffee is... Look, um, I, am I allowed to walk around during this oh, yeah, interview and show yeah, you yeah. things? Yeah. Okay, let, let me show you oh, the... God, the... it must be impressive if you're standing up. I'm not going to stand up much. I'm sorry I'm walking in there probably gonna have to because it's a dirty kitchen so i'm gonna have to but this like there's the beans oh yeah you have to have your your own beans i have an ethiopian so far there's the v60 the brewer and everything so yes definitely to answer your question um coffee is essential in dubai it's probably one of the best places in the world for good coffee they have a lot of amazing roasters a lot of uh that that good, uh, really, really good bag roasters. of falcon you had there is that a, is that a dubai roastery yes absolutely it's a local uh, roaster uh, they import their beans and then they roast here in dubai that's cool um there's there's a few roasters actually that have really impressive uh, flavors um really really good coffee whether you have black coffee or white coffee it's really really good um, and is the does the coffee scene in dubai itself match the home options then like is there good like uh, little coffee shops and stuff Absolutely. Loads of good coffee shops. Actually, you'll be surprised. There's a lot more, let's say, uh, 
boutique mm. coffee shops, uh, specialty coffee shops. Then there are like the mainstream coffee shops. They've taken over. It's no longer like a Starbucks or a Costa's. Mm. It's all homegrown um, specialty coffee shops, and they all like to have their own little thing. I mean, it's really, really good coffee. They all try to take pride in the baristas and the machines they use and the quality and the, of the beans. And um, yeah, I mean, it's become the thing. There's there's a lot of trends that happen in Dubai, whether it's like burger shops or cookie shops and co no joke. And then coffee was one of them, but it never left. And it's always been there. It's, it's only growing to That's be honest. Um, I didn't realize what you told me before we started recording that you were on, uh, talking elite before and other, other podcasts as well. Um, how do you find being interviewed? Like, is it, because I know some people like it's they accept that it's part of their role and they know that they have to do it and other people kind of like gradually find comfort the more that they do is it something that um you settled into quickly or is it something you had to find your feet a little bit with to be honest um no as a person I haven't done many except the ones I I called out um and um I I find it okay I mean I just feel like I'm talking to a person that has similar um, interest as I do so that's really easy I mean maybe if I'm talking about something that I have no knowledge in or some with someone that might not have any similarities as me then it could be difficult but you know when you own a jeep and you drive by someone that has a jeep you already have a connection you get that nod so <laughs> you get that nod I mean me and you already have that connection and it's the first time we're ever yeah. talking so it's just naturally easy-ish um, I like what I do so it's it's that but uh um, as a person, I'm no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a more of a closed person, like not much on social media. I don't really like, let's say, the limelight. I do it because I enjoy the job. So that's that's pretty much it. Um, how long have you been involved in CrossFit? Um, so I started with Dubai CrossFit Championship back then, the Dubai uh, Fitness Championship in 2015. 2015 was the first year I, I joined, and I've been there since. And that's actually when I got introduced okay. to CrossFit. Before that, I had no previous... Uh, I mean, obviously, I heard of CrossFit, but I had no interest yeah. in CrossFit until I got into it. And to be even more frank and honest, the first year of doing it, I, wasn't, I was still working out, but not doing CrossFit. I would do my football or... Uh, running or a regular gym but I wasn't into CrossFit per se but then once I got into it yeah it's it's a different story but uh, yeah so like so if you didn't do it for the first year is there something then that kind of suckered you in like did you was there like a charity thing you had to do or did someone drag you along or um I, I mean I don't want to say it was pre-pressure <laughs> but was, everyone around me was doing it so I was like I might as yeah. well try it and I did and to be honest I started to do the little home wads where you had to have yeah. your own dumbbells and you just have a jump rope and maybe a wall ball and that's all you need so i was doing it in my backyard and i just got addicted to it you know and then obviously joining gyms and going around town and the community itself is uh, absolutely amazing so that's what really got me like kept me in as a crossfit participant and you know? um I, so I was looking on your linkedin because uh, you're as you said you're not very active on social media so you're kind of a difficult guy to research um but your linkedin said that you worked with formula one for a while is that true absolutely but th th that's uh me making it seem better than it is it you're at a race uh, just, once uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <I> <laughs> a little bit more than that um this was years and years ago maybe 2013 or 12 if i'm not mistaken and it was 
um, a part-time job when they had when they hosted the uh, Formula One here in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and I just worked with them. We would we we would work on logistics and um, traffic control and yeah. whatnot. It was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really nice to be part of um, a huge machine. And that got me... Yeah, what, what's it like to work with? Because there's obviously like thousands of moving parts there. Oh, it's massive. It was so big. And I was part of a small team. And in ourselves, we were a huge team. So um, mm-hmm. just the logistics team. Um, I mean, you're talking about like um, everything that had to do with moving things in and out, whether it was crowd control, whether it was like literally letting in the, athlete, the, the drivers and their bosses and their teams. Um, a lot of little things, but... Uh, it was fun. It gave me a taste of what running events would be like, and I enjoyed it. It was difficult, to be honest, but it was fun. Do you watch um, Drive to Survive? Absolutely. I love. I watched the race yesterday. I'm all over Formula One. I'm a huge. What's it called? Yeah, I ha- I haven't. Yeah. I, like I watched the the series. Um, my sister in law was after me to watch the series for a long time, and I was just like, no, I can't. Like it's just cars driving in a circle. I can't. Like it's, I just don't get it. And then then I was like, I mean, there was a time where I didn't get CrossFit, so I mean, surely if this many people yeah. are talking about it, it must be all right. Um, geez, yeah. the series is phenomenal. I still don't know if I'd sit down and watch a race because I think there's so much. <laughs> I think I just wait for the next season to come out and then like see what happened a year ago rather than yeah. like you know week in week out but yeah it is it jesus it's very exciting um it is speaking of exciting events then so uh you started working in 2015 with uh dubai but i suppose it started in 2012 and then when i was reading mm-hmm. back over like one of the things that i loved uh seeing when i saw was that originally for the first few years it was like an in-person qualifier taking place in like different venues around the place and then the finals were afterwards um which mm-hmm. i suppose like it's a genius way of boosting the local community and involving them and then like i, I mean the dubai economy doesn't really need much help being boosted but like wh- where did the like is it difficult to move away from something that's so local based and then make like turn it into an international affair or was that always the aim do you think to be honest, I can't speak on if that was always the aim, um, but I know that um, that actually happened for quite a while. It, so it, it didn't stop in the first year or two. We continued with the on-site um, qualifiers, even when we had some of the big names. Um, and we would have it over one weekend, and then there was a week break in between, and then we would continue the finals the week after. Um, and, then the, and then we moved to the online qualifiers only because it was just more logis- logistically... Uh, um, approachable. Mm-hmm. It was much easier to have an online qualifier and also more inclusive. I mean, there were many people that showed interest and wanted to qualify th- from around the world and having an on-site qualifier meant that it was harder for them to do so. So having an online qualifier was just, let's say, moving with the times, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when you moved online then, it, like it's obviously continued to grow and then one of the stats I saw was 2017, there was 32 games, athletes involved and then, you know, during say 2017 do you do you think about how far it's come like say those five years or is the urge to like consistently get better and you know bigger is is that something that stops you being reflective or like looking back too much to be honest i haven't reflected maybe not until now but um what we do for us it's a lot different during the event itself our job is just to put fires out and to you know 
keep the, like the boat afloat. Everything that we can do has been done leading up to the event. So it is kind of exciting to sit back a little bit and watch when we can, and then just uh, soak it in and enjoy what we've done. However, um, I, I think, for example, our KPIs are very different than other like corporate businesses. Um, we have very set, um, I mean, straightforward goals. It's to make sure that the athletes have a good uh, trip, great experience. We make sure that the, that that experience is split into like on-site with the events, that they're fair, that they're competitive. Um, we make sure that the audience enjoy the athlete, the the athletes on site, and the workouts are programmed also for them to enjoy. And at the same time, that um, the people watching on live are enjoying it, and that it's easy and nice to consume. So, at the end of the year, we reflect back and see what people say, the feedback of the athletes, the audience, and spectators, and if if uh, and that's what we use to build on. So. We're not necessarily looking on previous years and what we can do better. We're looking at this year and what we can do better for next year through the feedback of athletes, spectators, and yeah. audience. Um, what's been the most difficult aspect of the growth? Like, is it difficult to keep up with the growth? Or, you know, like, I suppose moving from everyone being essentially on site, like, I know you weren't involved then, but it, it must be an awful lot easier having everyone in the one city and then doing the finals together rather than like getting all these videos coming in and trying to sort out like is that a, the most difficult aspect of it do you think um not necessarily i think we have a great team um we have uh, i mean one thing that makes us really successful is the fact that people the people we surround ourselves with are very good at what they do and then watching for example the qualifier videos um there's a very um, easy system that we follow and it makes it easy yes it's time consuming however it's not difficult um, and I think that one of the things that's difficult it's not I wouldn't say it's difficult to to grow but um, maybe would have been uh, a small difficulty if I may say is the fact that people on the outside started to feel some fear for uh, even partaking in the qualifier because they would say why even try when I know that the field is all CrossFit mm. Games athletes? So if I'm going to try to qualify to Dubai, the chances of me qualifying is very little. So why even try? Um, so maybe that's a little hurdle that maybe was in the way. However, there are lots of, um, let's say, new names that people haven't really heard of that came to Dubai and shined and then went on to do great uh, in, in, on the international scene, whether it's Laura, uh, whether it's Lazar uh, and many more, you know, they've all come here and without being known and the time and they use the time here being around big names and big athletes to gain experience. And then it's reflected on their international mm -hmm. scene. Um, 2018 and 19 then saw the landscape like just radically change. Um, and Dubai was one of the first uh, sanctions to be announced. Um, and then in 2019, I know Rich Froning came on board and did the team's programming. And then, you know, you had Brent coming out on top and Sarah on the women's side. And then you also had the documentary coming out um, at the end of that season. So like it, the two years, those two years just blew the doors open for the company, I assume, and for the event. Like starting at the beginning of that, the, the application process or the beginning of the process to become a sanctional event, was that... Um, something that was really straightforward and like a an obvious thing for you guys to go for or was there any angst at uh, putting yourself in part of a season where there was a bit of uncertainty? 
Um, no, I mean, we've always had a really, really good and solid relationship with CrossFit. And we were, yes, as you rightfully said, we were the first to have the conversation with CrossFit in regards to the sanctioning. And we went and we met them and it was very smooth. Um, it was a lot easier than people may have expected. They were a very good team to work with and uh, it made sense. I mean, we are doing CrossFit. Why not align ourselves with the largest CrossFit um, uh, company in the world, which is CrossFit HQ. So it made the uh, total sense. And uh, the plans seemed to be legit. So yeah, we did it. Um, I wouldn't say there was anything that was difficult. Obviously, it was going into the unknown. But like you said earlier, there were things that you need to do to improve. And that was definitely something we could do to improve. And then with the documentary, which was brilliant, uh, really enjoyed that. Um, is it is it like... It's essentially, I suppose, an advert for the competition and then for the athletes and the event and then, I suppose, this, the mm-hmm. country and the city, I suppose, as well. It, like, is it mm-hmm. difficult handing over that sort of uh, the role of storyteller there and then waiting for the end product to, to come back? Or is, is there a larger level of involvement um, in the process of making it? Um, so we hired Dubai Film, which is a local production company here in Dubai. Um, they are a huge company. They do international movies. They do a lot of things. And uh, the team that worked on it was a professional team. So it was easy to liaise with them. However, we did have a lot of hands-on, me and Diego and Saud. And we, we gave in a lot of input um, to what we would like to see. And we gave them the overall picture. And, and then they just went on, uh, went along. Also, the, the event itself... Um, kind of created the story that the documentary showed. Obviously, there were things that had to be put in, or, uh, for example, one of the reasons you saw the beach is because it was a swim workout, and it was a nice way to show uh, a, a glamorous side of Dubai before going back to mm. the tennis stadium and doing the traditional or hardcore CrossFit stuff. So uh, the, the layout of the event worked nicely and presented um, I mean I'd say a cohesive story for the documentary itself you mentioned there at the start as well how I suppose the next year uh, COVID just like fucked everything up for everyone basically Um, Dubai was one of the first events to pull the plug Um, like Mm. postponing it so early in in during COVID, I suppose, like, was there any, after you had made the decision to postpone it, was there any regrets or any kind of like, God, maybe if we waited, we could have done something? Or was it a case of, if we can't do it right, we just won't do it? Yeah, it's simply that. I mean, no, to be honest, it turned out well that we didn't do it because things didn't get better. So, um, yeah, absolutely. As you said, if we can't do it right, then don't do it at all. Um, we had athletes to think of and we had spectators to think of. And if our priority was these two, then it didn't make sense to do it. You know, so imagine athletes, professional athletes trying to prepare for something and then it being canceled. Uh, so it's only fair for us to make a decision and stand by it. And then the like move, the decision to move it online, I suppose the easy thing to do there would have been to just like say see you next year or whatever and not do anything but like you know you mentioned you're on the uh the level of prizes for the online was probably i mean unexpected for an online competition but what you'd expect from dubai so uh like was it was that an early decision of like okay well if if we do do something online we need it to match the gravitas of like what the in-person competition would have given them yeah the online competition was simply just it wasn't to replace 
the the mm. the actual event it was just simply to keep the community going it wasn't the best of times so something needed to be done from our side to like you know like having a, a nice event that people can partake in it was as you remember um we we had two actually and they were they weren't necessarily the hardest to 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 to, to be part in we kept in mind or had in mind availability of equipment and things like that so we tried to just include everyone in the community in it yeah um this year then so i've been waiting for this announcement that the in-person competition was coming back for a while and i've been like interviewing a lot of athletes asking them about their off season and i've kind of been like you know i mean i assume dubai is coming back um it was announced a couple of weeks ago and we we this year we've got an invitational based um competition rather than a qualification based competition why uh what's what's the logic behind the decision to change the the entry uh process it's exactly because of covid um, um i would say the same reason we decided to cancel last year is the same reason we decided to change the format this year um number one what's it called um the the covid restrictions don't allow us to have such a, a large field and yeah. by cutting the field to 40 people it just makes it a lot easier to handle from a logistical perspective for for us as event managers um, and then also for the safety of the athletes it, it's it's a lot better now we do have good news that we have the full um, clearance to, to have a full event however having this uh, helps us control it a lot better um, also um, as uh, have, reducing the field means that the event the, the the event structure is different. So you no longer have teams, you no longer have multiple heats. You could have a lot less heats, and therefore the events, uh, or sorry, consuming the event could be easier. Um, one of the difficulties generally in consuming CrossFit is the long hours. Um, there's a lot of heats and there's a lot of workouts. And that means you're sitting behind the screen for hours on hours. And sometimes you may not want to watch all the heats. Let's just be real. I mean, it doesn't mean that because, so, I mean, people want to watch their favorite athlete or athlete that they may, might have a connection to. And having a, a 40 field, a 40 athlete field makes it a lot more consumable for the, the, the general spectators, both online and on site. So that just happens to be a plus. So the COVID restrictions on one hand, and then the fact that the event could maybe test out a new way to uh, present uh, uh, the event is also uh, a, a pleasant surprise with COVID. So if this goes well, then this year, if it, if it leaves the athletes enjoying it, like say that checklist that you went through earlier on of the feedback, if the athletes enjoy it, if the uh, online consumers enjoy it, and if the on-site consumers enjoy it, is it here to stay then? Or do you think that qualifiers it, like COVID pending will be back next year then? I, to be honest, that's not my decision, so I can't say. Um, that's something that we'll have to look at and see. Um, but I mean, like like always with Dubai, like there is nothing that's guaranteed. It's always mm. to whatever would be best. It's always putting the event uh, participants at uh, in, in first place. So whatever makes sense, we would do. Um, okay, I think probably the most talked about thing with Dubai over the last like. 10 days or so has been one of your first confirmed uh, invites so there's been a lot of talk online about um ricky gerard being invited um and i was curious like okay so 
obviously there's an aspect of free publicity there because like I said pretty much everyone who follows CrossFit has talked about this at least once in the last couple of weeks um I was curious as well like is it so obviously there's like in my head I was thinking of the documentary uh from you know 2019 documentary and I was thinking okay well I mean this could set up a really interesting narrative like a really interesting story if he's there um then I was also thinking of like the free publicity side of it and then I was also thinking about how I suppose like especially say Castro among other people have been fairly outspoken about like second chances and time served and just it's an opportunity to come back like was that a was there any uh, back and forth over that invite going out or was it an immediate like oh, that's obvious he's free in October it's on in December just send it out yeah I mean it's simple as that many people talked a lot and they I mean why not it's good it worked out for the best but um, it's as simple as you said the guy's done or he's served his sentence as you said he's done his dues he's paid his dues and he's free to compete so why not he's also been a guy that's competed at Dubai in the past he happens to be a big name so why not you know it's just it's it's a very simple decision it's interesting as well like i suppose i saw people's uh i saw a few people talk about how it's not fair because because it's an invite and not a qualifier um i've seen people say how it's not fair because he hasn't performed at the games or in the open or in semis to prove you know to, to earn the invite this year i guess but then like looking at the list there's other athletes on both sides who were injured or who didn't compete last year or you know like that mm-hmm. The argument that side is, I suppose, is kind of void, really, when you look at it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, some people are always going to hate him, regardless of what he does next. And then some even more because of what he does, because he cheated. Like, So mm-hmm. some people will just, if he does nothing, people will hate him because he cheated. And if he comes mm-hmm. back and wins, people will hate him more because he cheated. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think others will love him because he's, you know, like the villain. And I think people just like look for a villain in every story, really. And then others... Yeah. just probably won't give a shit either way and then others are going to be willing to forgive and forget like you said so like has the the reaction to the announcement surprised you like either from the fans or people in the sport or other athletes not necessarily to be honest we obviously expected that there's going to be a lot of talk and like you said there's a lot of people on either side some people love it some people hate it um, it goes for anything else in life you know so it's just another thing to I mean put by if if there was no there's nothing that stops him from competing from a legal perspective mm-hmm. so why not you know and you also mentioned that there are other athletes that have been injured it's just people that have been close to the event mm-hmm. or people that we see could do well and people it's it's there's no like there's no secret behind it you know it's not like oh it's an aspect of loyalty repaid i guess like sarah has a, a steep history with it like willie's been there loads and like just because they weren't an elliot like just because they weren't there or weren't able to give their best performance this year or the most recent competition year i suppose it's you know it's an aspect of uh repayment from dubai absolutely absolutely um in 2020 then uh the the previous doomed event i suppose was announced one of the interesting aspects of the announcement uh prior to it being cancelled was that there was uh supposed to be 10 events with 10 different disciplines and i was curious is that still going to be the case this year or has that changed because of the format um I, I mean, I, we never speak about workouts and I can't speak about workouts. Our event director will come out soon and maybe shed some light on it. But for the time being, I think it's, it's, 
I mean, we, we never really discussed the workouts. The only but you reason said that, we, you said that much though the last time. You said it was going to be ten different disciplines. That's not yeah, too much. This, I mean, it was it was early on in the year, and there was a plan behind it. It was also, I mean, there was behind the scenes things happening for the sake of the event. Things are a little bit changed, so I mean, well, we'll just have. I mean, I, obviously, Dubai always has exciting workouts, so we'll just say that hopefully they'll continue to be so. Okay, so it's not going to be 10 events or 10 different disciplines. That's what I'm taking <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, when, when an event is programmed then, I assume the programmer designs the event, runs it past the venue team, and then it's decided of like, okay, yeah, that'll work, or, oh, that's going to be tricky because, you know, we don't have access to that area, or we don't, you know, or we need to change something. And then it also has to get run past uh, HQ because it's a licensed event. Is that still the case, or has that changed? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, uh, HQ will give us freedom in programming. Um, um, so we do, yeah, everything is done internally. Um, there isn't, no, I mean, there isn't anything specific that dictates the workouts. It's just whatever the workouts are is what we go around. So we always have everything ready. Um, if you come and visit Dubai, you'll see that the, the workouts are all timed, are done onto the minute, and that the heats run to the minute, and the workouts are... Are, are programmed obviously ahead of time and everything is prepared for so um whether it's like we have a schedule everyone knows where to be the whole the entire team knows what workout is happening next and they all know what equipment needs to be where our like uh, equipment handling team are amazing they're very very well um, experienced so it's very easy to do and is it ever a case that like the spectacle might um be in danger of getting in the way as in you know like a temptation to kind of reinvent the wheel and change things or invent a new movement or you know do something radical just so that it's different enough from other events to shine or is it is is that something that you think Dubai maybe has a little bit of a boost compared to other events because of the location and because of the like automatic spectacle it gives because of where it is that it doesn't need to worry too much about that other stuff no, as you said, I mean, look, we are we're blessed to have great venues, great facilities. I mean, if you remember from the past or the previous years, we've used the desert, we've used the beach, we even used some of the world's best um, uh, facilities. We had, I mean, if you speak to any of the athletes that use the facilities and came, they would tell you they were second to none. I mean, the day before the event, there was Manchester United training, the whole calving their camp there. So, I mean, um, obviously there is... Uh, it's not about the spectacle. Uh, the, the the workouts are just programmed for the for the sake of the workouts. Mm. Um, I mean, and we have had really really successful, um, or let's call them viral workouts. For example, you have acid bath. Acid bath um, is a beautiful workout to watch. It's a quick ish workout, and the results are crazy to see. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I'm picturing Street just, Horner like crawling. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, we have. I mean, if you want to go back, you can see the Devil Press argue that it's first introduced in Dubai. So, you know, there's, yeah, there, there. I mean, it's obviously made. I mean, remember last year we had the, the deck squats. There's a lot of fun stuff, but also things that make sense. I'm not sure if uh, boasting about inventing Devil's Press is going to endear you to anyone, really, to be honest. Probably just piss people <laughs> off. Um, do you know, are all the events set for this year then is everything set where it's going to be or is there still some tweaking going on because obviously we're like the guts of two and a half months out i guess 
yeah, where it's going to be is uh, is more or less set. Um, obviously, um, things will start to uh, we will start to announce things on our social media as we get closer to the dates. But yeah, they are more or less set. And then, is there an event um, that? Obviously, you don't have to tell us the workout, but is there an event that stands out as like a centerpiece or a showpiece for you in your head? Oh, uh, workout wise, uh, to be honest, no, I, 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 there's nothing that I can say. About oh, but that. even just it, like, say, if I ask you your favorite one that you've heard so far, is there one that of like, oh, event seven is going to be amazing? Or is there, is there something that like, without actually telling the workout, is, is there one that springs to mind? There is definitely something that I'm looking forward to see. But I really can't see more than that. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez Louise. Um, okay, yeah. well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, so mm. these are all, uh, well, the first few are either or. Um, so row or ski? Run. Uh, run or bike? Run lately. Uh, dumbbell or barbell? Hang dumbbell. on, run lately. Is it not like mad hot there the last like two months? No, it's it's getting much better, but um, I actually used to cycle a lot, and I just got over it. I was really like, I don't know, I haven't touched my bicycle in quite a while. We used to do like nice cycling sessions, so maybe I think I overdone it, and I'm over it, so I'm just running oh, later. Uh, bar or rings? Yeah. Rings. Uh, thrusters or burpees? Oh, both suck. <laughs> um, okay, and then male champ from Dubai in 2021. Oh, you want to get me in trouble? It's an objective uh, opinion. You can, if you want, you can say, um, "My opinions do not reflect the opinions of Dubai." <laughs> they do not. Oh, they do not reflect. I am solely speaking. The whole on this entire conversation is just me, Mohammed yeah. speaking. Um, I'm going to ask you the female one next, so if you can prepare yourself for that. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I see it being a close one between uh, Ricky and Mom. Okay. Well, okay, uh, and then female. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess it know. depends. It depends what Sarah uh, no, turns up. I guess. Yeah, k- kind of. But um, I think I, I don't know. It's too hard to call. There's too many. Like there's the young girls, and then there's we haven't announced everyone. But yeah, there's. I mean, I it's too yeah. hard to call. I wouldn't be able to tell. Um, okay. Well, look. Thanks again for coming on. I think. Like it's interesting. I think the the main aim of the sports side of CrossFit needs to be to make it a viable career for athletes, um, in a fair way. And I think events like Dubai and some of the others that are going to be shown, um, on the show this month of like the the Zalos Games and Waterpalooza, I think can like consistently that are consistently financially rewarding events are one of the ways to do that. So I want to commend you guys for for making a, a financial gain a possibility for athletes who, you know, maybe aren't in the top three uh or top one percent or whatever who 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 can make this a full-time career i think it's it's a great um you know i i always admire the fact that if you qualify for dubai you get enough money to make it there and you don't need to worry about how to get there and stuff so i think that's admirable um yeah best of luck for the event this year and if you need a podcast host there to hold open a door or like you know move a rug or something uh, my passport and date so you can just send me <laughs> um yeah listen thanks Emil uh best luck I'm really excited to see the rest of the invites and I'm really excited to see these workouts that are announced and I'll I'll message you I'll try and pick what one would have been your favorite and I'll I'll see if I get it right 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for, so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat to you. And uh, I do hope to see you in Dubai. I mean, you're more than welcome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like finances here aren't the same as they are in Dubai. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, I'll watch this here. I'll watch online. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs>